I had the rough outlines for this weekend's sermon prepared on Wednesday, and then the brutal, barbaric attacks in Paris required me to rethink the readings, most especially from the book of Daniel and St. Mark's Gospel. When I was in the seminary, I was given some very wise, ancient advice by my spiritual director, Father Jim Loyacono, a priest with the Oblates of Mary. The advice is very simple, but at times it is difficult and unpleasant. Father said, always keep death before you. None of us know when we shall depart this life. It could be from an accident at work. It could be from a momentary distraction while we're driving. It could be caused by some human error. It could be the gradual decline in health where the body simply cannot recover. We tend to ignore how fragile our bodies really are. Something as primitive as a virus or a bacterium can send us to our beds for days or put us in our graves. And still, we go through life thinking there's always a tomorrow. But in fact, there really isn't a tomorrow. We all had a yesterday. We woke up this morning, yesterday was gone, we're never getting it back. But tomorrow does not yet exist. All we have is the now, this moment. And how we use this moment and each moment we are graced to have will determine our eternity. The people who were butchered in Paris, like those in our country on 9-11, had just gone about their business. I doubt they thought their lives were going to end that day. I doubt their families and friends thought they would never see their loved ones again. Suddenly, violence, mayhem, chaos, and death reigned. Music to the ears of the evil one and to his disciples. Like those murdered on 9-11, those murdered in Paris were the victims not of random acts, but highly coordinated, premeditated violence that emanated from a unique hatred. The worst kind of hatred human beings are capable of. Religious hatred. Now I'm fully aware of how politically incorrect it is to say this, but it's time for us in the West to wake up, even if our politicians prefer to sleep. There is no escaping the truth. The murderers and their leaders are committed to a fundamentalist vision 
of Islam and their own interpretation of the Quran. These people are not Presbyterians. They are Muslims who profess an interpretation of Islam in which politics and religion are inseparable and are intent on forcing their vision of Islam on the world, showing no hesitation to slaughter even other Muslims who disagree with them. I am heartened by the outpouring of disgust from Muslims around the world who reject this evil distortion of their religion. May God bless and protect them. The slaughter of innocent people, the use of terror by whatever means available are political slash religious tools used to be employed for an ultimate goal the creation of an Islamic state to which all must bow. And a question we just have to ask, but we avoid doing it, is why have they been successful? It's really quite simple. Their leaders understand something our Western leaders ignore, ridicule, or deny. These religious slash political leaders know how to present the darkness of our fallen nature as light and the barbarism that so easily flows from our fallen nature as holy actions. Hence, there is no contradiction for these Islamic terrorists to cry out, Allah Akbar, God is great while they gun down, blow up, or slit the throats of the innocent. We make a very serious and costly mistake when we underestimate the seductive power of evil and its capacity to wrap itself in the guise of religious piety. This is the dark side of religion. And let me be clear, of all religions, social theories, military action, political or economic solutions might bring a temporary respite, but they will never address the fundamental issue, the perversion of human souls by elevating the hatred and murder of others as religious duties that are pleasing to God. What is needed is a bold proclamation of the truth by all who claim to believe in the one true God. In the midst of all this chaos, our readings from the book of Daniel and the Gospel of St. Mark want to direct us to our ultimate hope. Only God is the supreme judge of human history. They tell us there will be a day of judgment in which all the dead will be resurrected and given account to God for how we used this life. Nothing will be hidden, nothing forgotten. 
And Jesus urges his disciples, his church, to keep this truth constantly before us. This life is fleeting. It lasts but a short time. But what we say, what we think, what we do, what we fail to do in this short time has an eternal value. This truth is what ought to empower us, embolden us to live this life fully, wisely, and lovingly. This truth is what ought to empower us, embolden us, to share the reason for our hope, Jesus, and to live and work in the world to help it become what God desires it to be. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, the three great faiths that emanate from Abraham, teach that there shall be a day of judgment. And while there are significant differences in how the three religions understand what will happen, they all share a common belief. The ethical choices of each person do not go unnoticed by God, and each shall be rewarded or punished accordingly in the next life. This is the only life we get to prepare for eternity. It should not be lived in fear, but in hope. We must not be silenced by evil, but speak the truth as clearly as each is able, even if it means going against the current of political correctness. We should not pervert this life by accommodating to the weaknesses of our fallen nature but with the support of all God's children, whatever their religion, encourage one another to live this life to its fullest as beings made in the love and image of God. In his second letter, chapter 3, verse 13 through 15, St. Peter tells us something that I think Jews and Muslims would agree with. St. Peter says, what we await for are new heavens and a new earth, where according to his promise, the justice of God will reside. So, beloved, while waiting for this, make every effort to be found without stain or defilement and of peace in his sight. Consider that our Lord's patience is directed toward salvation. 